future entrepreneurs and small business owners, let me tell you right now, experience is everything. Your skills, your experience are far more valuable than you will ever know. Okay, the proof is in the pudding, as the saying goes. And that's what we're going to cover today in the Ambition Show. Let's get it. So welcome to today's episode of the Ambition Show. And I'm your host, of course, Aaron Muhammad. And I'll be real with you. Like what triggered this, this topic is I brought up before. I've seen a lot of advertisements. And I do mean a lot of advertisements for degrees in digital marketing and degrees in entrepreneurship specifically because those are two topics that have really become top of mind over the past five years right and any potential career field or industry that begins to blow up as they should schools you know typically institutions we're talking about college um, you know, geared towards uh, bachelor's degrees and, and graduate's degrees. They begin to tailor their offerings to what's popular, which makes sense as a career field. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. When it comes to entrepreneurship, especially, a degree in entrepreneurship doesn't make much sense. It's your experience. It's your experience that will truly help you as an entrepreneur. Experience in the field or or experience obtaining the skills that you can apply to the field that you're going to have an entrepreneurial venture that you're going to start a business in and that's why today's episode we're going to focus on the skills and experience that will help you become a more valuable asset a more valuable colleague a more valuable resource right because your colleague, that could be your business partner. That could be your co-founder. An asset, a resource. Well, if you're going to run a business, especially if it's a business that's going to help and service other businesses, you need to be a valuable resource. Skills and experience in the industry, knowledge of the industry. Okay, technical skills and interpersonal skills that can be applied and that help you within that industry. Those will be the things that make you that valuable resource that make you and present you in the light that I have to have that person on my team. I have to have that person in their business as my go-to agency, my go-to you know, service provider, my go-to construction. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what industry you look into. It goes to the core of every single business. So we'll talk about ways that you can obtain the experience, ways that you can not only acquire the basic skills, but then you can also apply them and continuously develop them to keep bringing up your value. And then you can even train those skills out to build out a better team to where you're the boss and not necessarily the one who's always doing the work, which is one of the best parts about the skill, about the skills that you have. But experience and skills is what we're going to focus on today because if you are starting a venture if you are starting a small business those will be the two things that help you go the farthest not just in education you don't need just an academic education you need to have the experience and the skills to take you farther and to grow your business so first we're going to go over how to acquire the experience and then that goes into developing the specific skills and the specific skills that can help you the most when we come back okay so from a freelancing perspective from a contractor perspective we hear the term portfolio a lot right from a uh, from an employer or an answer, say, from an employee's perspective, we hear the term CV or resume, right? The cool part about it is a portfolio and a resume are basically the same thing, basically, right? The sad part is a lot of times what we do with resumes, we don't treat them like a portfolio, right? I can't 
can't say this enough about how many times I have worked with career counselors when I was looking for interns or uh, when we were developing different uh, small programs we were developing to kind of give people those skills and acquire those skills that are necessary to get into, whether it be digital marketing, analytics. And a lot of times you would see resumes that look like, oh, I've worked here, I've worked here, I've worked here, I've worked here. If you go to an experience and, and there's some really good career advisors, first off, you know, that aren't being utilized enough by people. Um, a lot of them will tell you, well, what have you done? What have you accomplished? What was the value you brought? And here's the great part about it. This is a portfolio, right? You want to build up a solid portfolio, but how do you do that? How do you build up a solid portfolio, portfolio with experience in an industry when you're just getting started? And I brought, and I dropped one of the very first areas, internships. I can't stress this enough internships have nothing to do with college in that they're only for college an internship i've seen internships that have nothing to do with college at all right An, a company is starting a position or i'm sorry they're starting a a specific initiative where they're looking for positions you don't have to be in a college program to to, to find an internship i've seen internships offered to people who are transitioning careers. And that could be in age 25, 35, even 45, right? What it comes back to is on your end, being humble enough to say, you know what, if I wanna change industries, I need to understand what works and what doesn't work. I need to gain that experience. And one of the best ways to do that first off is an intern. One of the first interns I had for um, EM Pro LTD, my agency, the, one of the first interns I had he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was either 30 or 31, right? And he made it a very, he made it very clear that he's, he wanted to get away from his industry that he was working in, okay, completely away from it. And he liked marketing. And I've, I've actually given you my, um, my own horror story when I got started with uh, my first job outside of college and I was basically lied to, right? He was in the same situation, but he stayed within that industry. Okay. He stayed within the industry that he's like, I came into it thinking it was marketing, but it wasn't marketing at all. But he was there. He stayed in there for nine years and he got a lot of experience in that field. The problem was there are very few skills because of the type of industry he was in. And because once again, it wasn't based on mark or should say it wasn't marketing at all. He didn't get the skills that were necessary in a marketing environment specifically digital marketing. So he was like, you know what? I'm looking for an opportunity. He posted on LinkedIn of what he was looking for. He's like, listen, I'm willing to work for very little pay, right? Because I want to transition. Now he was in a financial position. He could do that. But this is why I, I bring up this, um, this experience and this, um, this situation I was in because sadly, what a lot of people will do, they'll say, okay, I'm going to take a course. And then what? You take a course, you get a certificate, you take a course, and you get a, you know, a letter of acknowledgement, a letter of achievement. But what have you built? What have you done? And that's the situation he didn't want to be in. Because he was about to do the same thing. He was about to go into a course and completely, you know, hey, I'm going to get a certificate, but I haven't applied it for anybody, so no one's willing to pay me. To, to do something that I haven't done before. I said, exactly. I understand exactly what that is. The difference was I, being me and the way I am, I started my own business and I started, I literally started my own business and developed all the marketing materials, all the branding materials. Saw what worked, saw what didn't work. Started another business, did the same thing. Use them as parallel, use them in testing. One worked, one didn't work. So I knew what would work for an actual business. And I utilized that as my proof of concept. And then I reached out and found clients. Now, I went into one specific industry because I kept getting clients in the music field. I kept getting clients in the entertainment area because I had experience marketing and promoting in that area, which made sense. So they saw more work and more body of work. But at the same time, every time we could, 
Hey, let's develop your website. Hey, let's make sure we're doing social media marketing. Let's make sure we're doing email marketing. So I can continuously build out my portfolio, but based on what fit their brand and what fit their industry. Not everybody can take that step. So I brought this gentleman on as an intern. I said, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to help produce marketing materials. You're going to sit down with clients. You're going to review and learn how to do a proper social media audit, how to do a website, a website audit, how to test the speed of a website, all those things. And then you can find your area within digital marketing. And that's exactly what he did. He went to graphic design. He went into doing, focusing on visual branding and doing a great job. Now, the cool part about it was because of the way I set things up with him, it worked as a full internship. So he wasn't actually paid. So maybe you can't do that. But he was like, hey, I can keep all the materials for my marketing. And of course, I can. he can use all the materials for his resume. He can use all the materials for his portfolio. He can use all the materials even on his website. That was in our agreement. An apprenticeship is the next one that you could try. And there are tons of apprenticeships. Now, I'll tell you right now, I was shocked at how many industries still don't offer apprenticeships, and they really should. And the difference between an internship and an apprenticeship, of course, is the apprenticeship actually does offer you some type of uh, monetary compensation, right? It's more of like a stipend. Also, the cool part about apprenticeships that I like about them is that typically what's going to happen is that you, it's going to develop um, not only the skills, but you're also going to have to potentially get a certification or a license in that field. Okay. Right off the bat, both of these platforms or both of these um, types of programs, they basically combine the best of an academic education in real world experience. Because the unfortunate thing about just going to school and learning something is you're just going to school and you're just learning. You may apply it in program um, in, in presentations and, you know, pitch decks, things like that. You might learn all that stuff. But unfortunately, school is a safe place to fail, right? Because even with a degree, that doesn't guarantee the position in the industry that you want. It doesn't because half the time I hate to say it, but we've all seen it when maybe you come out of college and you try to get a job in the field that you want. And they say, oh, yeah, but you don't have any experience. Well, what the heck? I, no, I don't have experience. I was been four or five years in college. I spent three or four years in college doing this, right? So if your university or your college doesn't offer that, before you go back to school, right, if that's the case, look at internship opportunities. And I didn't even post about my internship. I didn't have one. I saw his post and I reached out to him. Are you utilizing your network? Like I said, his post was on LinkedIn. I've talked about this numerous times. I'm all over LinkedIn. I wasn't even his connection. I saw his post because he was a connection of a connection. <laughs> he was what they call a secondary connection, right? I saw his post. Not a lot of people saw it. didn't have a lot of engagement, but I was like, you know what? He was trying to get into the field that I'm already working in. If he's looking to gain experience, I know I'm going to have the gigs for him and, and I'm going to need the help. Why not reach out to this young man and help him out? And I'm saying young man, even though at the, at the time, we're literally the same age. <laughs> that was, that's the crazy part about it. He was 31. I was 31. Different paths, man, different paths. So look into internships, look into apprenticeships because you want to build out that portfolio and develop that resume. One in the same. One in the same. And this is what makes you more valuable to a potential client and customer because now they can see proof of concept. You know what you're talking about. I've seen what you've done. And here's the crazy part about it. That goes into the third way. The third method of building out that portfolio resume, freelancing. Okay, like I said, he had actually done work for real clients. His compensation for that is he could keep the materials. In other words, he can keep the materials and showcase, hey, this is what I've done. He can tell people, hey, these are the clients I've worked for. Yes, I was a, I was an intern or I was an understudy of Aaron Muhammad and his team. But at the same time, I still made those materials. He could say that. That was part of our agreement. Now, what if he wants to say, and, and this is this is why I say freelancing, because just like an int, uh, I'm sorry, just like an apprenticeship where you're earning money, freelancing, proof of concept, and now you're getting paid. 
Okay, but be, be honest with yourself. Don't call yourself a consultant when you're first starting off. Don't call yourself an experienced advisor when you're just starting out. You know, this is where a lot of young freelancers, this is where a lot of people who are starting out their businesses, they're like, oh, I wanna, it's just like, just like going into a job. Well, you know what, I just got out of college, so I'm gonna apply for, you know, I'm gonna apply for VP of operations. Say what now? Who, wait, 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 wait. You just gonna skip analysts, senior analysts, senior manager, director, you want to skip all that. You, you know what? I have a degree. I deserve to be the VP. Where does that mean you deserve to be the, the, the VP? Where, where, where in that? I see BA, not VP. You have a BA, not a VP. Doesn't work that way. And that's the drawback to just relying on an education, an academic education, right? You haven't proven to anybody. You've only proved that you can complete the course at this university. And I'm sorry, whether it's Georgetown, Harvard, University of Chicago, DePaul, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's college. That's university. This is the real world. We make bad decisions. People get fired. People lose jobs. We close the business. We file for bankruptcy, right? So when you're first starting out as a freelancer and now you're asking business owners to come to you and spend money, be honest with yourself. What's the market value for what I do? Number one. Number two, where's my proof of concept? Because this is now I'm looking for compensation for what I do. Internship, apprenticeship, freelancing. If you want to have, because if you want to have, um, you want to command better dollars as a freelancer, this makes, this makes the sales calls. This goes back to what we talked about sales numerous times. Market research and providing value, right? If, if someone comes to you and they say, oh, wait a minute, you're charging how much for a website? How many websites have you built? I have real experience. <laughs> I have actually had freelancers come to me and they say, you know what? I want to work with your team. And, you know, I want to be a, a contract freelancer. I want you to, you know, outsource work or whatever. Great. And I've asked them, like, okay, what websites have you built? I've never built one. Like, for, for a business. And how much do you want to be paid? <laughs> and you have nothing to show me? Here's even worse. It, 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 whew, about to get into it now. They don't have a website themselves. We'll say that again. They don't have their own website, but they're a web developer. How does that make sense? You are a web, you're a freelance web developer, but doesn't have, but you don't have a website of your own. Your company, I can understand you don't have a company, but you don't have a website for yourself. No, I have my Instagram. How do I know that means you're a good web developer? That's Instagram. It has a link to something. To what? Your website. Why can't you just send me directly to your website? I have a Facebook page. Where's your website? I have a YouTube. Where's your website? You're a web developer, right? Get my point? Proof of concept. You didn't create YouTube. You didn't create Instagram. You didn't create Facebook. Now, if you tell me, oh, you, you make web, you make Facebook ads. Okay, I can see. Okay, so you have a good idea how the Facebook platform works. That's what you're doing. Okay. Oh, you make YouTube videos, you're a videographer, things like that, and then on YouTube. That makes sense. Perfect. But that's still those are still proof of concepts, right? If you're a social media analyst or you're a social media marketer and all your contents on social media makes perfect sense. And this is proof of concept. So have proof of concept developed from that from that, I'm sorry, from that intra uh, from that internship, from that apprenticeship standpoint. And then when you get into the freelancer game, you can command a higher dollar and it's an easier sell because you can ask for whatever you want. And I'm darn sure not going to tell you to 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 ever uh, lowball yourself. Don't ever do that. But be set yourself up, as I always say, I even say this to my godson a lot. Set yourself up for success. Don't go for a hard sell when you don't have to work smarter, not harder. Take three months to six months as, a, as an intern. Use another six months as an apprentice. And then after that, freelance work. 
Within two years, you could have a body of work that you've been compensated for at the level if you were a full-time employee for someone else. And then you can say, you know what, I might want to start my own agency now. Or better yet, I like the freelance world. I like being a free agent. I like being a contractor. I like being a consultant. But maybe I want to work with a few other consultants. Let me join together with a group of consultants and we, we do jobs together. That's how I started out. That's genuinely how I started out. Took on freelance work, took on contract work, and I said, you know what? To do more jobs, to get more money, I need I need support because I want to provide a certain level of service. So I vetted different contractors, different freelancers by asking them to do work for me and me paying them. And I found out the ones who were really good and the ones who weren't. And the ones who were really good, who could back up what they did, they're the ones I, most of them I still work with today because some of them have gone on full-time employees. They don't want to do contract work anymore. Great. But you know what they, you know how they got a lot of those jobs with the work that we accomplished together. Crazy story. One freelancer, she went on to be a full-time employee for another company doing the same thing, but doing it full-time. We, meaning my agency, actually did work for the company she worked for because they saw what we had done together. They're like, hey, you did all these great graphics, but who, who, who took care of the SEO? Oh, that was the guys I was working with. We built websites. I did the con. I did the content. I did the, you know, the uh, the, the the website um, design, uh, specifically the UX, uh, the user experience, because that's what she really wants to get into. But they were like, well, who took care of the SEO? Because we're looking at, you know, how the performance of the website, because she was given an overall presentation. It was an easy sell for her because she had all this information to work with. Internship, apprenticeship, freelancing. We wound up getting a contract with the business to do their SEO, to revamp their website. She redesigned it. We did the SEO because they didn't have anybody who did the SEO in-house and who did the search engine optimization within their business. So keep that in mind when you start off. Yeah, you can ask for whatever you want. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, and once again, not asking you to lowball yourself, but be honest with yourself. What can I truly command in this marketplace as a freelancer based on this limited amount of experience? Because the goal from that internship and the goal from the apprenticeship was to obtain, of course, experience, but you're also acquiring skills as you do certain projects. It makes it easier to present yourself because now you can say, these are the skills I acquired. I start, I started with as a beginner with Google Analytics. I ended up getting my Google Analytics certification. I worked on all these projects where I, where I tracked the analytics and the performance of the of several websites. And here are the websites that we did. And you can see the performance. You can see them from day one when I first started to the last day I worked as an apprentice and I had my certification. See how that worked? It's an easy sell at that point. So if someone wants to say, hey, oh, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa. I want to see your work, but here's your work in front of me. Exactly. And I have references from those businesses. And I lift those, list those references on the LinkedIn. In the transcript of this episode, you will see a full breakdown, step by step, of every step you can take, right? All the way from starting off on Fiverr and Upwork and then going into LinkedIn and the, the things that you need to list and how you need to list them in your profiles in the transcript of this episode on the website. Go check it out now. Absolutely fantastic breakdown. And frankly, it's not only what I've used, it's what most successful freelancers that have transitioned either to own for their own businesses, their own agencies, or just stayed as strictly freelancers and, and independent contractors. Because um, when I say agencies and businesses, I mean that they have multiple, they may have employees or they have other contractors that they work with. Um, and they're not sole proprietors. So it's a tried and true formula. And as the old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because it don't need no fixing. <laughs> it really doesn't. It doesn't need any fixing. Save yourself a lot of headache and time. And don't rely just on that degree. And don't think that a new degree is necessarily going to fix anything. Right? It's those skills... It's that experience that'll make those sales a lot easier and a lot more frequent, okay? So when we come back, we're gonna go into how to market and sell yourself. We talked about the things to equip and make that marketing pitch really easy, 
but we're really going to get into the nitty gritty of how to do it. And this will go right in line with that breakdown on the website when we come back. All right now, so we're back and how to market yourself. Now that you've gotten to the point where you've gone through internship, apprenticeship, freelancer, um, really how do you package that and how do you market and sell yourself, right? Because even if I'm on a freelancer platform, I gotta sell myself, I gotta pitch myself, I gotta put myself out there properly. And we brought up resumes and, and, and portfolios and how this is basically interchangeable. One of the easiest ways though, one of the easiest ways to properly package your pitch, properly package your sales pitch, if you will, as a freelancer, as a business owner, is to keep that network. Okay, we all know the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? So you've acquired the skills, you've acquired the experience, but you should have also gone through and acquired relationships or developed, I should say, new relationships. Okay, and the best place to keep those relationships fresh, the best way to keep those relationships on a professional level um, healthy and and just to stay connected as we go through the ups and downs of life is on LinkedIn. Okay, so you want to stay in contact as much as possible with the people you develop the best relationships with. Like I said, phone numbers change, even email addresses change, right? So if a person that you are developing a good professional relationship with, they'll typically be in that industry. Right? They'll typically be in that world that you want to stay connected to. And the great part about it is these are the kind of people they can share not only the information just about potential leads and referrals, but just what's going on in the industry, what's changing in the industry. Now, this is actually a great thing to take from college or, or wherever you're going to get your degree from. Right. If you are going to go back to school and from an academic standpoint and get an academic, you know, focus on academic education. Uh, this is actually one of the cool things to take from that, right? Because it's usually in those types of situations, college, sports teams, high school, you know, um, social clubs. We develop the strongest relationships. The key is to develop strong relationships and genuine interest that you guys both have. And it's easy to do that because you're in the same social club. You're in the same sports club. You're in the same recreational group. You're in the same classes. You're in the same college, you know, on, the, on a bigger scale. Um, you're in the same department at a job. So once again, if you're changing from being an employee to be a full t- to being a full-time entrepreneur in the same industry that you were working in, or you're taking those skills that were needed in that industry to your new to your new uh, position and to your new entrepreneurial endeavor, you have connections with people who have those skills, people who are in that department, people who are in that industry already, right? So those are some of the best relationships to have because they're seeing things from a different perspective. So when things are changing, you're getting information from them. You're sharing information with them. You guys are developing and keeping up a good, positive, genuine relationship ongoing. And nowadays, more than ever, right? It's so many ways to stay in contact with people. And on a professional level, on a professional platform, LinkedIn is one of the best for that. This is why I always suggest, and I always tell this to anybody I'm working with on uh, LinkedIn consultations, keep your LinkedIn updated at the very least every six months. And that's at the very least every six months, not every year, every six months, because six months can change a lot in a person's life, right? And I say keep update just by keeping in contact with people, because some people you may only have on LinkedIn. Hey, how things going? How you doing? Just checking in because you know what? I'm not on here as much as I should be. I just want to reach out, see how you do. It's very simple. Be re- be honest, but that's why I say genuine relationships. You're not trying to do a hard sell on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, just like you're not trying to have a hard sell over a phone call, right? Don't don't go for that route because it looks salesy, it looks sleazy, and it doesn't look genuine. Be genuine. If you don't want to keep in contact with a person, why are you why are you having this a connection on LinkedIn? Let's just be real. The crazy part about that is. People, especially with LinkedIn, we, we treat LinkedIn, which I wouldn't even want to do. I don't even do this with my with any other social media platform. They treat it like, you know, like Facebook. Oh, I just want to collect all the likes. I want to collect all the, the connections I have. I want to connect all the friends. Let's be real. If you tell me you got 1,500 friends on Facebook, you know 1,500 people? Like, like you know 1,500 people? If I, well, if I were to ask you, because here's a big one. Do you have everybody's phone number? Probably not. 
if you were to call one of the people on your Facebook, would you get a response like, who are you? Or why are you calling me? You darn sure don't want to do that with LinkedIn. Just, I'm just going to keep it 100% with you on that. I can't tell you enough how many times I've actually had a few people <laughs> shocked. They're like, why did you deny that person a connection on LinkedIn? Because I don't know them. They're randomly contacting me and we're not even close to the same industry. Why? Are you interested in me? Are you interested in making a connection with somebody that I don't know? And if that's the case, be forth, be forthcoming with that. Be honest with that. That's that's totally different. Hey, you know what? I know that you are connection and there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole setup on LinkedIn just for that. But they're not doing that. So what are they? It goes back to that. Are they are they using it for like a sleazy sales tactic? That's not a very good sales tactic. At least be straight up and genuine and honest with what you want. Right? Because then it, that, that puts me in a better position to say, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. Or no. I'm not not interested in doing that. I'm not in that industry. I'm not interested in that product or service. This is why you want to keep that LinkedIn updated and fresh, right? Keeping in contact with people. That way, when you launch new product or service, you say, hey, you know what? Now I'm a freelancer. I'm no, I'm no longer working here. I'm a freelancer now. This is what I do. We're in regular contact. I'm just letting you know because we don't work together. But we, you know, we, we've known each other since college. We at least keep in touch on LinkedIn. If you know somebody who's interested in my product or service, I'd be greatly appreciated if you share. If you found value in what I'm about to do or, or the endeavor that I'm doing, here's some of my proof of work. Here's some of my referrals. You see how, how that is a lot different if you know the person. And knowing the person is just simply, hey, keeping in contact with that person. Right? It's hard to do that with 20,000 people. Kim Kardashian has a ton of followers on Instagram and she don't know half of them, right? But that's from the perspective of an influencer. That's from a perspective who uses social media as a tool to promote whatever she's working on. You're coming from a perspective as an entrepreneur, coming into a new venture, just starting a small business, just starting as a freelancer, and letting the people that you keep in contact with know what you do could actually be the single best thing you do to market your business from the very beginning. Just letting people know. I brought that term up before and I love the term, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Update your LinkedIn every, at least every six months with what's changing in your life, reaching out to your contacts, your connections on LinkedIn, Making sure your description is updated properly and says what you do and what value you bring and why you love to do it. And then, like I said, you're updating it, making sure that live portfolio on LinkedIn is updated, right? What have you accomplished? What can you share? Make sure that's getting up and um, uploaded to LinkedIn on a regular basis because then this also showcases this is the value the person brings and you didn't even have to tell them. They go to your LinkedIn. Oh my God, you know what? This guy reached out to me. I haven't heard from him in a while. You go to, they go to your LinkedIn and say, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. All this work that you've been producing. That's why you've been so busy. That's why you haven't said anything. Yeah, you're right. I've been posting stuff here and, and showing what I do. Oh, you're a freelancer now. Hey, you know what? I know somebody or I may know somebody. You, that works as a sale and you weren't even trying to sell anything. That's why I said, this is how to market yourself and pitch yourself without really, without being, and we want to stay away from that, but without being negative in sales, without having that sales stigma on your back. And as you produce that work and upload it to LinkedIn, the next thing you want to make sure you're doing is collecting reviews and recommendations. Now I say LinkedIn because LinkedIn is one of the best places to do this, but if you're starting your own agency, you're starting your own business, you definitely want to have a Facebook like page. We talked about search engine optimization in past episodes. That Facebook, that Facebook like page comes up in search engine optimization. It comes up in a search on Google, on Bing, on Yahoo. So 
if you start a small business, you start an agency, you've been and you've produced some really nice visuals for your work. Post it on that like page for your business. Post it on your LinkedIn as well. Find groups. I always suggest find at least three groups on both platforms. The best you can find that target your industry, your region, and your specific offering, right? Look for those three things. So maybe you have one that's your industry and your region. The other one is just the industry overall, maybe a, a global level, right? A national level. And the other one is down to the level of your actual product and service. So for example, let's say you, uh, you use, um, why not use my business, right? Use digital marketing, web development. Digital marketing, web development. Digital marketing on LinkedIn, international group, worldwide. Okay, that's a really big group. A lot of noise in there, a lot of people talking, but a lot of good, you know, a lot of good information is shared all the time. Then, then you have the level that's just down to your specific region. We have one for Chicago, specifically digital marketing for Chicago, right? Still a big city, still a big region, a lot of people in there. But then we have one that's very specific to search engine optimization for Chicago digital marketing agencies. Very specific, okay? What better groups to share, hey, this is a new product and service, not that we offer, no, because you're not going there to sell them. You're showing them, hey, this is a this is a new service that we had and we completed for a client. Here's what we produced. And here's what you can learn from it. Now you're using Facebook and LinkedIn as, back to what we've discussed in the past, promotional opportunities. We've discussed it in the past, promotional opportunities, but also, way more importantly, market research. Because now you'll see which groups respond to the content that you're posting, which groups have actual potential customers. Because if they see what you've produced for other people, if they see what your restaurant is making, if they see how you change things up, you know, in your um, your new office or your new facilities, if they've seen how you know you've adapted to the pandemic and quarantine, who knows? what they will reach out to you for. But this is the thing about it. If you have three groups, especially groups with high engagement even before you join them, you'll have a better idea which group is right for you. Are you getting referrals from that group? Are you getting direct customers from that group? Are you getting collaborators with that in that group? Are you finding vendors in that group? Are you fine? You're an entrepreneur. Are you finding a, a potential co-founder in that group? Are you finding a potential investor in that group? But see, you've have now you you've had proof of concept to pr- to produce and to share your portfolio, the work you've accomplished, the new certification you obtained. Once again, if you're just at the if you're at the internship apprenticeship level, right? Hey, I just completed an internship and here's one of the clients I work with. Because that was part of your agreement with me or your agreement with whomever. You could share the materials instead of maybe getting paid. So you, it was an internship as opposed to an apprenticeship. If it's an apprenticeship, still, can you share the materials that you've produced? Here's a new logo I designed. Here's an entire menu I created for this restaurant. Here's a new workout program that I created for this gym and this facility. Right? That's what I'm saying. This, this has nothing to do with industry. This could be taken to any industry. This is a step-by-step way for you to market and pitch yourself and make that sale a lot easier because you're not selling people you're just informing you're communicating and you're seeing which groups work build out that portfolio stay in contact build contact build relationships utilize the virtual platforms because it's a little easier for you to do it and you get a much 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 bigger reach right make sure you're collecting those reviews and recommendations that you can rely on when someone asks you, hey, well, who who recommended who can recommend your business? Or better yet, who can I call to see who's used your business before? I can't tell you how many clients I've actually got clients and leads in general, but I really focus in a little bit more on clients in this conversation, of course. 
because, oh, I saw the recommendation somebody posted on LinkedIn. I saw the recommendation somebody posted on Google. I saw the recommendation somebody posted on Facebook about you. And the funny thing about it is half the time I was working, of course, under the, the umbrella of my business. But how many times have we gone and we've gotten really good service at Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts or, you know, our favorite restaurant? or at a, at a service or a business that we utilize, you know, for whatever be insurance, um, accounting, whatever it may be. And we don't necessarily, we don't mention the name of the company when we do the review. We go, oh, I love Dunkin' Donuts and this. I love Starbucks and that. No, we mention the name of the person who worked with us. We mentioned the person who gave us really good customer service. We mentioned the person who was just really diligent at what they did. That's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going for. And that's what you should too. Right. You you represent that's the brand of you. You represent that brand. You develop you're developing brand equity at that point. Right. And the crazy part about it, as we do this and we build out those relationships on platforms like a LinkedIn, like a Facebook. Especially those who have become clients, but even those who just want to be contacts. It's a simple question to ask them. This is the type of work I'm producing, and I'm going to start sharing it in an email list. Rob started sharing it to an email list via a newsletter, via a blog. Do you mind if I sign you up or do you mind signing up? Can you share your email information and I add you to my email list? It's a simple question at that point, because now you guys have developed a relationship. It's not you asking somebody out of the clear blue sky. You're not hoping that a, 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 an advertising campaign. No, you've built a relationship with that person. And this is the best part about being a small business owner and an entrepreneur. You can build relationships with people. And that goes to your brand equity. Because whenever you do something new, they want to know, hey, man, you know, we have a good relationship. What's going on? What are you doing now? I want to be a part of it. Whether it be a co-founder, an investor, a vendor, a customer. Or a person who just sends you some referrals. Because you've built a trusting relationship with them. You can do that. So when you're on Fiverr, let them know about what's going on in your Fiverr. Hey man, I'm offering new, you know, I'm a freelancer now. So here's the here's the services I'm offering via Fiverr or via Upwork or via Freelancer. Right? It's a really easy transition, really con easy conversations to have. And then when you go to the, the, the highest step, when you build out that website for yourself and you make it that that's your ecosystem of the business, it should reflect what you show on, on uh, LinkedIn. It should look the same. So the same type of terminology, the voice that you use, that's what should be there. The content that you're sharing, that should all be there. The proof of concept, that should all be there. So check out the description and of this episode and you will see these steps mapped out for you and start applying them right away go back or i would say you know go back to your linkedin now or after this episode go back to your linkedin and check it out and see if it's really a good representation of what you're trying to accomplish as an entrepreneur small business owner and see those points that we have in the transcription of this episode and see which ones need to be need to be updated and um you know just need to have a little spot checking on your end and hey if that one of those key areas is the fact that hey i haven't reached out to hardly anybody on my linkedin i have 1500 people on my linkedin i haven't I haven't talked to 1350 of them then that's the part you need to work on right away because I can tell you right now, even if you're not trying to sell them, you're just saying, hey, this is what's going on with me. I'm trying to build a relationship with content. One person that I know, I believe last time I checked, they, I want to say they have like not even a hundred contacts on LinkedIn. And this is the crazy part about it. Every single contact is a friend, if you will, friend, right? Um, an associate. But here's the crazy part. Every contact is a customer. Every single one of them. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Well, yeah, that's only a couple hundred people, but you got to think, well, how much is his product or service? Because if he has a hundred some odd returning customers 
and his product and service is about you know 5k or up he's doing pretty darn good <laughs> quality not quantity if i tell you right now how many people i've seen as a client come through and they're like oh wow i have 10,000 followers on this this social media platform how many are customers Ten? None? Don't go for the clout. Don't collect followers, likes, you know, connections even, just for the clout. Don't do that. Because I can tell you the worst thing is, is when you have a business that you are about to launch and you send out a message and out of 2,000 some odd people, one person responds. And the only response is, good for you. That's a rough one. But did you have a connection with any of those people? Or was it just adding people to add people? Right? So check out the description once again. Check out, I'm sorry, description. Check out the transcription of this episode. Look at that breakdown of what should be in your LinkedIn. And that you can... This is literally how you start out to market and sell yourself as a freelancer, as a consultant, as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, when you're tr- especially when you're transitioning. This is one of the easiest ways to look at how am I presented? How's my value presented to a business world, right? And then you can apply these same things to Facebook. You can apply them to anything, that you, anything else you consider a business asset for an online platform. You can apply it to the same thing. But this is why I said, when you take that big step and you have your own website, make sure that website matches. Across all social media platforms should match, but definitely make sure that website matches because that's the one that's that's your that's your nexus. That's the that's the cornerstone, right? Or no, not even cornerstone. That's the core of your online presence will be your website. All right. When we come back, we'll close it out with the book recommendation for this episode and your takeaways. All right, we're back. So what we discussed today is really how experience is everything when it comes to how you start off to also how you overall sell and market yourself, right? And one of the best platforms, especially from a business to business perspective is LinkedIn. But you wanna make sure that your social media platforms are all aligned and consistent messages being pitched and being pushed out there. And that goes to personal branding, that goes to self-branding, and that goes to, in general, how to sell yourself, right? But you don't want to sell yourself like sell your soul. Like I said, we're not touching sleazy sales and the bad negative stigma of sales, right? The real corner, the real core and at the heart of sales is just genuinely building communications that translate value, right? And the book that I suggest and recommend, this book, it was one of those recommendations that came up from um, um, from another uh, another trusted source, another kind of influencer in the world of um, digital marketing specifically. <clears throat> and it isn't even about digital marketing. It goes to the core of what we're talking about today, selling yourself, right? Um, and I love the subtitle of the book, okay? The book is Unlabel, Selling You Without Selling Yourself. And it's the bio, uh, the autobiography of Mark Echo. Now, for those of you who, especially those of us from the, the hip-hop culture, um, hip-hop generation, if you will, you definitely are more you know, familiar with the name Mark Echo, well-known from clothing brand to working in numerous magazines, having his own record label at one time, you know, fragrance line, everything you can think of when it comes to hip-hop apparel, memorabilia, fashion, and um, communications. Mark Echo's been there since, you know, from almost, I would say, from the get-go, from what it feels like, you know, especially from, from those of, for those of us who are, you know, who grew up in the 90s. So the cool part about the book is it talks about, or I should say he talks about, his entire start in the industry of hip-hop of hip-hop fashion and and marketing and promotions but specifically how it pertains to us and how he developed by doing 
He focused on what he loved and he did it. And the cool part about it is he did it where, hey, you know what? I know I can't command amazing prices in the very beginning, but he did it. He got the work out there from t-shirt designs, logos, all the kinds of apparel to get it in, to get it out in the world to where people could say, hey, you know what? This is what he brings to the table. Let me pay him this. And better yet, you can say, hey, based on what I've already produced and people buying it, I want to be paid this or I want to take this amount of money. And that's my whole point. Proof of concept. Right. But he didn't do it to where he did it strictly for the cash. He did it strictly for the money. It was all about for the love of what he was doing. Do what you love. You, you know this old statement, do what you love, you never work a day. That's not true. You're going to work every day. The difference is when you're doing what you love to do, the work is worth it. You, you, you understand the importance of the work. You're, you might get annoyed by the work. You get stressed out by the work. But the work is, you know, like, you know what? I want to reach, if you're a basketball player, I want to, I want to reach the NBA championship. I know I have to be in the gym at 5 a.m. in the morning. 4 a.m. in the morning, and I have to stay until midnight doing different types of work. I know I have to work out a certain way. I know I have to eat certain things. If I really want to be a champion, this is what I have to put. This is the work I have to put into it. That's the difference of loving what you do. It's not that you won't work. You're going to work, but you understand the work is worth it. Right? And you understand that sometimes those first paychecks might not be big. More importantly, you might not even get a first paycheck for that first work you do. But you're going to work smarter, not harder. You're going to say, hey, you know what? Anything that I produce as an intern, as an, as an apprentice, as a freelancer, I get to use in my marketing channels. I get to promote it to say, hey, I did this. You can, you can keep the copyright. You can keep the permission, all that stuff. But I have the right to use this as a marketing material for my services. Work smarter, not harder. You don't have to be a lawyer to do that, right? And that's a really great example of one of the things that he calls out in this book about really getting what you're worth, but knowing your worth. But using that experience to be humble enough in the beginning to say, you know what? This is what I got to do in the beginning, but it's going to take me to this place. Really awesome book. Um... I've read it quite a few times, and to be honest with you, I think this is one of those books that gets overlooked when it comes to really good autobiographies about entrepreneurship. Because, I mean, before you had guys like Gary Vee, before you had guys like, you know, I mean, there's a ton of them. I'm going to start, I want to start renting names to you. But Mark Echo was one of those individuals that you just saw the brand, but you really didn't know too much about the guy if you really weren't involved in the industry. And to, to hear all the things that he was a part of within the industry, you might have to take a step back like, whoa, holy crap, how old is this guy, first off? And then, why don't I hear about it enough, right? And he goes over those trials and tribulations all throughout the book. Really good book. Um, I would suggest, this is, more, this is more one of those, you know, quality reads, and you can pull nuggets from it, as opposed to using it as a, a direct step-by-step guide, like in most of the other recommendations I'll have. But the sad part is we brought up selling before, right? And the stigma was selling. And this book, you know, debunks so much of that stigma. I was it goes back to that stigma piece. You don't have to sell your soul. The sad part is we always have that that selling. I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell. Everything I went over today, though, is about sales. <laughs> That's the cool part about it. It's all about sales, right? It's selling yourself. It's marketing yourself. But it didn't feel that way because at the end of the day, you're doing what you love to do. And you're just telling people about it. How, that, how's that a sale? You know, how's that really a sale? So with that, check out the book. There's a link to the book in the description of this episode. Um, let me know what you think. Definitely let me know what you think because... Um, we want to start talking about these books more and, and getting a little bit more involved with with what we're pulling from them. Launch was a good a good suggestion. This is another good suggestion about um, you know building out your brand from scratch, building it from the very beginning. Now those takeaways. Speaking of building out the brand from scratch, if you're starting as a freelancer, okay, and I really suggest that being if you can't do the internship apprenticeship route, there's no program for you. 
go right into freelancing, especially if you have a lot of the skills already, you just don't have the experience as a business owner. Freelancing, right? Immediately go to freelancing. I don't see why you should, if you have the skill set, especially. Um, the freelancer growth roadmap is for download in a link for the download is in the description. Download that ASAP. Don't don't hesitate. This is the reason why I've talked to so many freelancers that went through. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. And they just so it's so funny because starting out as a freelancer is almost like starting out as an employee. The only difference is you're working for yourself. The only difference. The only difference. The, the even scarier part is that and what messes a lot of people up, especially when they start out freelancing, they undervalue themselves. That's why I said it's a little different. If you have a lot of experience already working for somebody else, jump right into freelancing. Even if you can't show a lot of the work that you've done, because I know it's proprietary for the companies that we work for. This is one of the downsides of being an employee. You could produce a lot of great work that you might not be able to share with everybody. Um, and you have to rely on the skills that you've acquired. The, the freelancers growth roadmap illustrates two really good ways to market what you can actually do for somebody as a freelancer. And then there's the list of the top 10 gig and freelancer platforms for you to download. This one, you can find out which platform is best for you. I touched on very lightly Facebook, uh, said Facebook, <laughs> Fiverr and Upwork. Touched on that very lightly. The transcript of this episode goes a lot more in depth, has a lot more detail for each platform, but also, also this deck that I've prepared for you goes into kind of some basic tips and things to avoid, right? tips of things you should do, tips of things you shouldn't do when you're going into one of these platforms and how to start on each one of these platforms. That way you can identify which platform is best for you because maybe, and this is what I had to find out, a lot of us who start out as freelancers do, one platform you offer certain services, another platform you offer others, right? Depending upon the target audience. Download those two things that are free for you to download. Links are in the description of this episode. And finally, I brought this up to you before number one there's links for you um for the book check that out we want to get into some discussions about that going into the future but if you're going to fully brand yourself right you need to have a website can't stress that enough so i said it all comes back to that's that ultimate step when you really give the core nexus of your business yes you have to market you have to market anything that you do in business so when people say oh if you build it and they will come Anytime you hear people talking negative about having your own website, they're like, oh, I had a website and didn't go well. That's typically because those are the same people who have the mindset of, well, I got into a, I started my own business, but I didn't have customers. Well, how did you market and promote your business to get customers? I didn't. Well, there you go. To be honest with you, one of, back in the day, we remember one of the ways that people took you seriously if you said you had your own business. And I know this might sound very primitive, but it was true. At one point, if you had a business card, I, I remember that. When people will see a business card, they'll be like, oh, wow, okay, you took some time to get something printed because you have something tangible. You have something to showcase that you took some time to invest energy and money into you. Your website is no different. So if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to be a small business owner, you need that website. There's a link in the description for you to get a discount on having your very first website with one of our partners um, that we develop and build them with ionis is a very trusted brand uh, one of the most secure platforms for web hosting and domain purchases i definitely would always recommend ionis if you're gonna you know if you want to go and build your own site but you want to connect to a trusted hosting service and you're not going to build it um with, a, with one of the website builders you know if you use wordpress if you're going to use another platform to get it developed or you're not sure what platform to get it developed on, but you want to make sure you have a good host to put, to put that website on. Ionis, I would definitely suggest. Um, and they have a, we have a link in the description of this episode to help you get started, get your brand out there on the right foot. Or if you're doing a rebrand, great place to start as well. So with that, experience is everything was this episode. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Ambitious Show. 
check out the book on label by Mark Echo. In the comments, let me know what you think of it. If you have a better suggestion or you have another suggestion for a book that goes along with our topic today, suggest that as well. Make sure that the audience gets to see that. Make sure the community gets to see it. And I will go out and check it out because I love to read. I love to write. I love to read. So um, it'll be a pleasure to see any other suggestions that you have about how to acquire experience, how to market yourself, how to sell yourself without selling. Without selling out. Keeping that, keeping that in mind. Next episode. Ooh, it's a doozy. Something we've talked about, we touched on in a couple of episodes we haven't gone into full details about. So, next episode, do not miss out on the Ambition Show. You, but let me tell you right now, you're going to be like, oh, we've talked about that a little bit here and there, but we haven't really touched on it, taking that deep dive. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think about this episode. Download those free resources for yourself. Check out that discount offer from Ionis. And I will see you at the next edition of the Ambition Show. Peace.